Let me tell you a story about Nick and Barry. Couple guys talking Raptors on comedy records. Talking about a team that just a few years back were the champions of the world. Nick and Barry talking Raptors on comedy records. Nick and Barry talking Raptors on comedy records. Okay, welcome to season 11, episode 11, 11 11. Talking Raptors, Barry Taylor here with Nick Reynoldson. How's it going, buddy? Oh, buddy, it's uh, it's going. What a, what a day. What a special day we have today, Barry. It's a great day. It's 11-11. It's, it's in the universe and the stars. It's magical. And, uh, I mean, let's get right down to it. We have one of our all-time favorite Raptors people on this podcast. And uh, very Twitter excited. Twitter legend. Absolute. One of the OG goats, however you want to look at it. Uh, let's get down to this. Hang on now. Thing one. Welcome to Talking Raptors, one of our favorite all-time people, Iman Adan. How is it going? Iman, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Episode 1111. I'm excited. Right? Yeah. This is like it was meant to be. It was written in the in the stars. Yes. Absolutely. That so on Tuesday afternoon, we'd be talking about <laughs> This is some tarot card shit, man. It's meant to be. <laughs> This is actually our first time speaking, Iman. We have been big fans of you going way back to like the early days and the heydays when Raptors Twitter was a thing. And, uh, and you know, there was an RTZ tweet of the night. And I remember Nick and I were always active on Twitter and just scrolling through and finding you. And you just were consistently putting out this uh, very knowledgeable content, first and foremost. But it was hilarious. And I was just like, dude, check out this person they go by boo you whore no idea who it is but they're extremely funny and uh have been following you ever since and got to know you as as one of the you know prime raptors personalities out there in the raptors verse so i guess first things first where where are you from about and when did you start your raptors fandom well thank you those are very kind words um and i was just telling you guys right before we recorded like i've been listening to you guys for a long time like on the raptors republic feed I, the first ever ever episode I listened to, it said like Aaliyah Jasmine guest. And I was like, wait, what? These are like my two worlds colliding. Listen, because I was a big MTV fan. I don't know. Family <laughs> nice. channel MTV. Those are the two channels I grew up on. Uh, and so that was the first ep ever episode. That was a long time ago. So I've been listening to you guys for a long time too. And I'm excited to finally have this collab. Um, but to answer your question, what was it? Where am I from? I'm from Toronto. Nice. Um, yeah. So, and then, sorry, what was the second part? I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Like, I, yeah, you're born and raised Toronto. Any specific, uh, have you been in the same neighborhood your whole life? Or you? No. So I'm from like, I'm, I'm from like the West End. Okay. So I grew up in like kind of downtown West Endy area, uh, like, you know, around college, around like Ossington-ish area. Um, and then I've since moved out to the East End. So like, I feel like I'm in a different universe because I've... Uh, I'm now on the East End. Yeah, once you cross Young Street, it's a whole, there's a, bo it's a whole it's new whole world. world. It's a diff Absolutely. Different, yeah. different place, big time. Someone who, uh, my whole life was was out in the West End. I lived in Mississauga for a, a bit as well. Um, and But like, born and raised in Toronto and uh, live in Toronto still. But now I'm out on the East End. Um, and then, how did I become a Raptor fan? So... I was really young. Like everyone in my neighborhood was just really into basketball. And I was like one of the younger ones there. And so you kind of just had to do what all of the older kids did. So I didn't really have much of a choice, but 
um, everyone was really into basketball. And I remember like really falling in love with basketball. Like this is so boring to say, but it's true. It was like the all-star weekend where Vince Carter stuck his arm in the rim. And in the words of my favorite Bow Wow song, everyone, everybody went crazy in the whole damn gym. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was like really like the first moment was like the all-star game where I was like, oh, this is fun. And I think it was fun because like, you know, he has Toronto in his chest and you have like the whole arena going crazy for this guy from Toronto. And I was like, oh, that's fun. Like, I want to get in on this. Um, and then I went to Raptor Ball the year after where uh, she's a bunch of kids playing basketball in Raptor jerseys, basically. And like, it was the first time that I started to play organized basketball was the year later. Um, and I um, have an obsessive personality and have just been a diehard Raptor fan ever since. Tell, yeah, <laughs> that's a, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, that's a similar story to a lot of, uh, a lot of people, actually. That's uh that's close to my story. I mean, that's when I fell in love with basketball was was during the Vince Carter, uh, that era, man, for sure. That yeah. brought us all in. So that's great. So what, when you played, were you, uh, were you a one? Were you a two? What are you doing? Uh, it wasn't very good. Um, but no, I was, I, I wanted to be a one. Um, but, you know, my handle was, was not as tight as it needed to be. <laughs> um, but in my heart, I was. I was the point guard. I was the floor general. Um, but yeah, no. I was more of a two just because, uh, you know, didn't get to grow enough to, to play some of the bigger positions. And I was also playing with kids that were older than me for a good chunk of my life. And then as I got older, again, would have loved to have the ball in my hands more, but definitely more of a two than a one. So as you sort of grew and like developed into this like actual like Raptors personality, like how did that mm-hmm. all come to fruition? I'm assuming a lot of it came just through the like Twitter as a, an upstart or how, how did that sort of journey happen? So, um, as embarrassing as it is to admit, I was like really heavy on forums as like my (laughs) younger years. (laughs) I was really heavy. Like NBA.com had a forum back then. There were just like a bunch of forums and, um, none of my friends would want to talk basketball with me, but I had a lot of things to say. (laughs) And so I uh, found spaces online and I would just like be on forums and I'd be this anonymous person. I didn't let people know I was a 12 year old girl that they were arguing with. (laughs) Um, So I was just like this anonymous person on NBA forums. And I did that for a lot of, for a long time. I was on a bunch of different ones, never Raptors Real GM, which is like odd because that's like the biggest one for Raptor fans. But um, I was on a bunch of different forums for a long time. And then finally, when I was in high school, Twitter became a thing. And I was like, I don't get it. It's just like Facebook updates. Like you're just posting a Facebook status. I don't understand this as a thing. But then again, wanted to talk about Raptor games and no one was doing it. And so I got on Twitter. Embarrassingly enough, I definitely got on Twitter because of 106 and Park on BET. They were doing this poll. They (laughs) They were doing a poll. And I really felt like my voice needed to be heard in their poll. Um, But the only way you could vote on it is if you had a Twitter account so that you can cast your vote. And so I was like, well, yes, I'm creating a Twitter account. Um, And so I did that to cast my vote on that poll. And then I just started talking about Raptor games. And it was fun because there was like there weren't very many of us on there at the time. But like there was like a group of people and I would just a large part of my like the people I followed at the time were like NBA fans. And so they'd groan anytime I tweeted about the Raptors. But it was like a, a fun space to just sort of put out my thoughts. And so it just it was a continuation of the forum. But this time it was like my name and my face. And um, well, sometimes sometimes I was just boo you whore. Um, and uh, just getting my thoughts out out there. And it was fun. And then you start to like, 
develop a, you know, a, a community base where everyone sort of talks about the Raptors. And it was a lot more cordial back then than it is now. I'll say that. Night and day. Like it was yeah. a, it was a thing back then. Like it was, like you said, like a full on community. Um, I, I just had a follow-up question, Iman. What, uh, what era of 106 and Park are we talking? I, I want to know which, who were the hosts? Because there's been so this, quite a this few. So this would have been, this is true, this is true. It wasn't like the OG. It wasn't like the AJ and Free. Okay. But it was, it was still Roxy and Terrence. Yeah, no, because like Twitter didn't exist when they were there, unfortunately. But like this would have been, I would have been in high school. So this would have been like Roxy and Terrence era. And there was like this poll and I don't remember what it was or why I cared so badly, but I needed a Twitter account to vote and my voice needed to be heard on that poll. So, um, yeah, I created a Twitter account just for that. Amazing. You mentioned though, like how it was like just so much more fun and, uh, cordial. I mean, just obviously Twitter in general, but it is still, I don't know. It's like, like walking or like Twitter now during games. Like I swear there's like you and like Assad and like a couple Raptors Republic people. And then it's just like this open vastness where like no one's left. Like it's where we're walking around like a post-apocalyptic Raptors Twitter these days. But I feel strongly that, uh, you know, those of us that are still there are, are keeping it, keeping it going, you know, keeping it alive. There, there's a large, there is a large segment of Raptor fans. They just don't have their names or faces. Uh, they're attached to a player and hate anyone who is not that one player. And so it's just like, stay away from that era. Stay away from that, from that group. Definitely. And then, so now what are you up to now? I know you've done like a bunch of stuff and you're often guesting on, you know, much more successful and bigger podcasts than us, but um, <laughs> what, what are you up to now? And what's your actually ultimate goal also? Like, do you have uh, goals with a uh, your raptor work do i have goals what a question i'm let me like it's great like honestly yes ideally um the the what i've learned honestly in just doing this for a long time is that like it's a very sort of fickle space it's like it's it nothing really stays easy like a lot of the different publications that i've worked for just go under after a few months or a year and th those are things that i've having not been like, I've not been doing this for as long as you guys have been like, I've not been doing this for very long. And like, still I've seen just like places crumble and like stay up, which is why something like Raptors Republic and being able to build itself up for, for so long, just with fan interaction and stuff is so powerful um, in, in how they've been able to, to sort of sustain and, and maintain that. Um, so it's, it's difficult. I I've always sort of, or I've recently felt that like focusing on doing things independently is probably a better bet than like, listening to a bunch of like bosses who have strict things and then do things pan out are you like is it a company in six months or a year's time and things like that or is it really odd in this space so um I have something that I'm working on I've been working on it for quite a while I just haven't been able to like dedicate some time to it but um for those of you guys who maybe have heard the uh last dishes and dimes episode that was one uh, with Tim Donahue which was one I'd been working on for a really long time was trying to get Tim Donahue on the Raptors podcast or on Dishes and Dimes podcast. And the reason why I wanted to sort of do something like that is I thought there's so many big stories in the NBA that, you know, is off of the basketball court. But like, you know, beyond that, that maybe if you weren't uh, alive during that time or you weren't old enough to pay attention to the news during that time or like whatever it just sort of slips by and there's such big historical like monumental moments in the NBA world. And I want to like dedicate some time to like 
focusing in on those and bringing those stories out. And so that's a project that I've been working on for some time. And Tim Donahue was sort of my first foray into it. And I think it's went pretty well. Uh, it's not done. I want to make that a series because I don't think you can just have a, a convicted felon and be like, this is a story. It's the truth. We're, ro- we're rolling with that and not questioning anything. <laughs> so um, we're, we're planning on like expanding on, on that portion of it. It's something that I'm you know, working on and in, in talks with to, to get done. Um, but I also wanted to take a look at some of the other bigger stories in the NBA. And I've talked to some people already on trying to get that rolling. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's a bigger project, but that's something that I really want to focus in on because I think that that could be pretty special. Um, so yeah, so that's like, there, there's a lot to it. I didn't know how to answer your question because there's so many things and I like, there's only so much time that we have. I don't want to bore you guys with all the little details, but yeah. No, no, that's great. But I, I also think. Um... Personally, I think what you're doing is exactly right. I think going the independent route is the way to go because, like you said, there's no guarantee that whatever um, medium you're working with is going to be able to sustain itself, and that could be gone. Um, but also involved and things like mm-hmm. that. When yeah, you're yeah, exactly. People, yeah. But then, yeah, when you do it on your own, you have total creative control, and and then you and you know the reality is um, you own it, so you yeah. can you can do what you want with it. Um, so yeah, I would. That I think you're on the right path, basically, is what I'm saying. And that's the crazy Appreciate thing, it. too, right? Is like, who knows? There, there is no actual path to success. You just got to kind of throw stuff into the wind and see what happens. But, um, yeah, going independently, I would, I would say, is a very strong move. You're smart. You've got, because you have the following, right? Like, you have an audience built in. It's not like you're starting from scratch kind of thing. So yeah, well played. Yeah. And Iman, did you did you yeah. do you always want to do this or do you kind of like just fall into this and be like, "Oh shit, I can I can do something with this?" Like yes and no to that. Like when I was a kid, <laughs> I would like sometimes just like mute the broadcasts just to see if I could call games. So like my <laughs> ultimate answer to your goal very is um I want to be Doris Burke. Um but no, oh, uh, nice. I would not really. I'm not I'm not nowhere near as talented as what she does. Like I think I don't think I could do like uh, play-by-play at all and like as a color person they'd be like there's a game going on can we talk about that a little bit <laughs> your, your tangents are you know coming one too many times but um I I would sometimes just like mute games I would like as I'm, I'm a very loud person I was always a school MC I was always a school announcer like I did the morning announcements every year from the time I was allowed to at 12 years old until I graduated high school at like three different schools I was is it though oftentimes it's like teachers being like you know you want to do this and I'm like yeah sure you know fine I'll do it um so I was like the school MC for a bunch of things but like um yeah I would mute rapping games and literally just call things I would um interview I would like make little interview clips and videos as a kid a bunch um but then you get older and you're like yeah I can't really do this like that's not a real like career plan for me let me get into like teaching and like which is something I was uh, about to be doing um and I just thought like this isn't this isn't a serious path for a long time and then dishes and dimes started and it was such a random thing in the way that it started Sandy um on Twitter said you know all of us women were sort of talking about how there's so many women voices online that talk about the Raptors, but then you look at any podcast or you read any article. Oh, also writing is something I've been doing for a really long time. Um, So like writing and talking are both like two, two things that I've been doing for so long. Um, And so we were like, but you read all these articles and you watch all these like TV shows or podcasts, listen to them. And it's always men yet. Like there's so many really strong and funny voices online that are women 
And so Sandy came up with the tweet being like, hey, who wants to do a podcast? Like, what are women that are on it that want to do a pod? And then she reached out to me and I was like, yeah, down, of course. Um, And once that started, just seeing the reception and the reaction to that was so, it was like, it was so big. It was so like, it was such an instant, just like positive uh, enforcement from so, um, from so many people. And it was just like, okay, this is cool. People actually want this. There's a need for this in this space. And then you start taking meetings with people and you start doing like TV hits and radio hits all the time. And you're like, oh, okay. Like people actually care about my opinions and they're willing to pay me to say them. Uh, so this thing that I've been wanting to do since I was a kid is like, something that I have access to that always sort of felt unattainable for a long time. Um, and yeah, so that year with dishes, like, well, dishes was still going on technically, but um, the initial sort of start with dishes was um, what really sort of keyed me in on like how attainable this was. And then I started working with like outlets like basketball news and things like that, which is really cool. Um, and just getting to have meetings with a bunch of people who do this for a living and are like, no, you're, you can do this. You're doing it. You, you already are. There's no, like, can you do this? You're quite, but you're doing it. And I was like, oh yeah, damn, this thing that I thought was unattainable for forever. I've been doing for a few years now and I didn't even realize that I'd been doing it. So it was like this thing that sort of happened, but like, yeah, to answer your question, Nick, it's something that I'd been wanting to do for so long. I just, for most of my life thought unattainable not going to get it done. Let's have some more realistic dreams. And yeah. It's amazing. I, I can't wait till you take Alvin Williams' job because that's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I love Buggy Williams. I'm like, there's there's certain people that will always have my love, and Alvin Williams, you're you're one of them. Amazing. That's awesome. Well, yeah, kudos to you. And and uh, there's definitely, you know, you've got an extremely bright future in in this. Uh, I appreciate in that. In the in the industry, not this industry, not this podcast is anywhere remotely part of the industry. But yeah, having worked in media in the past. And even working like what Nick and I do in the world of comedy now, it's very much the same thing where like, you know, Nick's a professional comedian. Like when people ask us, like, I want to do it. And it's just like, yeah, go do it then. Like you can, do you know what I mean? It really much, it is that mindset of being able to be like, like the people who are doing it are just people. They're not, not, do you know what I mean? Like that was the one thing that hit me when I went, when I started in radio, like 20 years ago, I was like, oh, these people, they're just guys, it's just guys and girls. Like they're not special do you know like it's it's no it's that's exactly it's, it yeah it's just like that's i remember having a meeting one day with this like senior person and they're like they're like this person has this gig and they're like yeah that's just a guy though like <laughs> go do it like, it's just a guy like, you know so anyway that's awesome uh yeah keep keep going because you um yeah absolutely have a, have a bright you. future and yes yeah, it's, it's really great to see you know people that we respect and and are fans of succeed so yeah, keep doing your thing. How many things? Two? We got two. Thing two. What a time it's been since the last podcast. Some interesting games. Clippers game, you know, kind of what we expected. Hawks game, very fun game, despite the loss. And we are recording this before tonight's Bulls game. So throw this out to the two of you. Anything unexpected happened this past week? The Clippers game, I think, was kind of obvious what was happening. Hawks game, though, a lot of positives from that. Despite the loss, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 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 thing that stands out is uh, Jordan Nora. That's yeah. That's a franchise player, man. What what is going on? <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't know he had it like that. To be honest with you, and maybe he doesn't. Maybe that was just a you know one time thing. But hey, I, I I like I like I like the future. 
it's going to be rough for the rest of the season, but I, I liked I liked the future. I like watching these guys grow. Grady looked good too. How far away from calling it the Siakam Nora trade? Like, is his name now officially <laughs> a part of it? I feel like yeah. I feel like Masai fleeced again. He's got a. <laughs> we have we had no idea. He did look awesome. He's a unique looking human just in general, though. <laughs> like he looks he like is. he kind of like. I don't know. He looks sort of like a cartoon. He looks like a Disney villain. Yes, something. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, but you know what? Whatever. Put those numbers up. I'm on board. It's totally fine. But that that Hawks game, though, I was since genuinely like, even though they lost, I didn't care. I was just like, man, there was so much good that came from that. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be a lot of those games. Yeah, I think you're going to have to keep that attitude for uh, for a little while, Barry. <laughs> oh, you know? Yeah. yeah. No. Can we stay positive? How long can we stay positive? <laughs> no, I I did enjoy it as well. I just think that like. Sometimes, like, even if you think back to, like, the Tampa year or even parts last year, it wasn't just the losing. It was that that nobody cared. And I'm like, why am I locked in in front of my TV Mm -hmm. at 730 here to watch you guys and you guys don't even want to be there? Um, So just seeing guys like Nora who care and want to win and, like, are checked into the game and are actually playing for something is fun. Um, What surprised me was just like seeing those posts from Raptors PR being like, this person is out, this person is out, this person is out. And I was like, oh, okay, the tank is in. Like we are locking (laughs) in the tank. Um, But yeah, no, just seeing guys who actually want to play and are playing hard was fun. I thought it was, I also thought Scotty had a really good game as well. He was aggressive in it from start to finish which is something that like, thank you. Thank you for not just settling for a bunch of long twos or a bunch of threes and actually going in there and doing some damage, which is what we saw in that one game uh, against the Hawks. So that was really fun. Grady, like you said, played well. I enjoyed it. It was a loss, but I enjoyed it. And you know what? They had a chance to win at the buzzer. And so anytime you can keep my attention for all of it so I'm not tuned out for the final five minutes of a, of a game is always fun. Totally agree. Speaking of like Scotty, he the one thing I've really especially this year obviously notice like as he progresses he's really fun to watch even when he has a bad shooting night just because he goes so hard at everything else like defense and rebounding and everything it's like even when he maybe shoots like 30 percent or something it's like oh whatever man he's still our best player he's still impacting the game you know i'm okay with it it's all right yeah he also uh kissed grady on the forehead which was better my night for sure (laughs) better that was great that was great and then I guess we can make a prediction right now because we're recording. So when this comes out, the game will have happened. Are we uh, keeping it close against Chicago? or Do, uh, do we know who's, who's playing? So uh, this is posted a day ago, so this might change. But so far, out RJ Barrett, doubtful quickly, questionable Pirtle. Hmm. Um, so very likely that none of them play yeah. but um doubtful quickly questionable purtle definitely out rj barrett um i'm gonna predict uh, a jordan noara 33 point game let's go and a 15 point loss okay <laughs> uh, you know both of those sound good my uh, favorite part of the uh jordan noara uh season high or what he had was like the graphic being like his career high, 33 points, came against the Hawks. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. So he just goes up against the Hawks. Love yeah. it. And speaking, um, playing the Clippers last Friday, Amon, what are you a, are you a believer in this Clippers, this version of the Clippers? Is Harden really, is he for real? Is it going to last in the playoffs? I hate that I do believe it. 
Because, like, my whole thing with the Clippers this whole time is, like, they need a point guard, and they're not, like, Kyle Lowry's never walking through those doors. Um, and then they were like, oh, bet, we do need a point guard. James Harden, what are you doing? Um, and he forced his way there, and so like, they look really good. But you know what? I'm a forever Clipper hater, so no, I don't believe it. <laughs> but, like, scarily, this is the best that they've ever looked. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm going to remain steadfast in my Clipper hate, so no, don't believe it. Three things. Thing three, let's take a look at what is coming up between now and the next podcast. We've got the Houston Rockets, the OKC Thunder, and the New Orleans Pelicans. Ooh, Rockets, maybe. Uh, maybe, right? Yeah, maybe. May, I mean, it's always a maybe. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a never for sure. It? It's a maybe or a no. Yeah, I don't know if it's always a because then we play OKC in OKC. That's, that's a no. That's a no. Although they lost to Detroit, I still didn't understand how that happened. Did you guys watch that? I didn't see it. The witchcraft, I assume. No, I literally tweeted that Michael Scott meme where it's like, explain this to me like I'm five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and no, no one could. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank God. And then the Pelicans. I mean, ah, if, sure. if Pertle doesn't come back, we're we're fucked. We're. Yeah, I don't think they're winning any of these games. No. Yeah, we we have. It's gonna be long nights for Jonte Porter. Okay, and I don't think he's ready for that. <laughs> Are you a Porter fan, Iman? I am. I am, yeah. yeah. Michael Porter Jr. will forever be known as Jonte's brother yeah. in my house. <laughs> um, I, am, I am a Jonte Porter stan. Nice. What about, here's one, Dennis Schroeder. What are your thoughts on uh I am a Jonte Porter stan. I love Jonte <laughs> Porter. <laughs> That's the best answer. That's the best answer. I actually saw, uh, I mean, it's nothing, but just uh, someone posted like there that there was interest for from different teams for Schroeder. And I was just like, please God, take him. Like, take just, him. Let's go. Yeah, like have him. You don't even need to send anything back. It's fine. Just have <laughs> him. Enjoy him. Take him for your playoff run. So the Rockets, uh, yeah, you know, who knows? What are, what are your, uh, uh, yeah, well, we can bring this up now since it's uh, topical. Iman, how did you feel when Fred left going to Houston for all that money? My heart was broken. Honestly, I was really sad about it because to me it was like I I wrote about it, I talked about it a ton about like why the Raptors made the trade for Yaka Pertle. And I was like, it's because – and Masai talked about it at the press conference, the idea of like being patient and things like that. Um, and I, I thought he was too patient and should have made the move much earlier. But um, And he talked about that. He, he said he was probably too patient. Um, but to me it was like – you need a point guard and you need a center in basketball. Mm-hmm. And the Raptors for three quarters of last year did not get the memo on the center. And then, uh, and so the, their point guard left. And I was like, okay, to me, the whole idea of trading for Yaka Pertle and what I wrote about was this idea that like, you are bringing in the pieces to fit around your guys to try and make a run at this. Unfortunately, it came too late. Um, and so they couldn't do it. And then when they lose Fred, I'm like, okay, well now you got to blow it up because it's going to take you too long to get a point guard. Point guards are not just like, as we've seen with Dennis Schroeder, point guards don't just grow on trees and it's very difficult to find one who can, you know, hit your pull-up shots and, and you have this sort of pick and roll game that he can work with Jakob Hurdle because he's got, he's a pull-up shooter, which is something Dennis Schroeder's not. Um, and like, you're going to have to go through the process all over again of getting a point guard. And that just takes way too long. And so to me, it was like, if you lose Fred Van Vliet, then you lose Pascal Siakam and you lose, like potentially lose OG Ananobi, but this team breaks up. And that's how I saw the Fred Van Vliet trade going. And I was saying that at the time, like if you lose Fred, 
then everything falls apart because you don't have a point guard unless you can swing for the fences and get, you know, Damian Lillard, which they tried to do but didn't quite work. Um, And so I was sad about it because I knew that that was the end of that Raptor era and I was not ready to watch that championship team go. And also, like, Fred's a really good player. He's doing phenomenal stuff in Houston right now. Like, his two-man game with Alfred Shingu with Alfred Shingun, specifically because he is a pick-and-roll wing guard, um, has been phenomenal. I think they have, like, the best two-man game in the league right now. Um, and so they've he, what he's been doing there is really, really special. And then, of course, like, what Pascal's doing, what OG is doing is really special. And to me, you couldn't have kept those other guys if you didn't keep your point guard uh, unless you got a replacement for him and they couldn't get that. So I was sad. This is a lot of words to say. I was sad when Fred VanVleet left because, to me, that just spelt – the end of that team and I didn't think they got a really fair shake at it would you have given if you like not the 40 no I would not have given him the money that Houston gave him would Um, you give him any money though would you have been okay with like 30 or whatever yeah yeah 30 30 ish I definitely that's what I thought it would be in the sort of 30 range I would have definitely given that to him I I think people are really scared of like well then you're gonna pay the luxury tax or then you're gonna be in this and it's like no you're not you just don't pay Gary Trent Jr. and Otto Porter Jr. and Thaddeus Young like you move the other guys on your team that sort of push you beyond that point. Uh, Blake and people much smarter than me have written extensively of like how you could have kept your guys and not been a team in the tax and things like that. Um, And so I would have paid him because I think you pay your guys to keep them. And it's not like they're immovable contracts after that. Like as we've seen, all of these players on the Raptors had a ton of value and could have been moved and you could get stuff back for them. So I just like wanted to see what this Raptors team looked like with a point guard and a center and then your wings in OG, Scotty and Pascal. And unfortunately they got that for all of like 20 games. Uh, and they got that for like a few games this year, I guess without OG, but like Emmanuel quickly and Jakob Pertl, they look really good together with uh, Pascal and Scotty there. But then of course Pertl got hurt and everything fell to shit again. So um, I-, I was just really bummed because I wanted to see what that team would look like. And because the Raptors were so incredibly patient in making a move and like just waiting forever to do it. We never actually got to see it. And so that team is just written in the history books as being a bad team. When I think that there was actually something there and the numbers prove it when all five, when you have your point guard and you have your center, uh, the numbers prove that they were actually pretty good, but we just never got to see it for very long. It's a lot of words. Fantastic. (laughs) It was great. And then just since we're talking about it, like the other, like seeing, um, you know, the way the team sort of unraveled after the title, like, because when like Gasol left for nothing and Serge left for nothing, was that, was that okay? Were you okay with that? Did you see the, the yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, it was. I, I, did this whole video on it uh, for Yahoo a year ago um, where I, I talked about just that thing. And I think a lot of people are like, well, the Raptors just keep losing everybody for nothing. And it's like, no, the Raptors prioritize flexibility. It's like Amir Johnson left for nothing and Lou Williams left for nothing and Bismarck Biombo left for nothing. And like, you can go through the list of Raptors free agents that Masai was, not only did they leave for nothing, but Masai never offered them something because the idea was, I prefer my flexibility to keeping you. Um, and that was the case with Sergi Baca. And that was this case with, with Marcus Ole, which made sense at the time. It was unfortunate that like the Tampa year happened in the way that it did that, I think really sort of threw a wrench in things. Um, but I wasn't mad about any of those players leaving for nothing. To me, the biggest 
mistake was you can't let your 28-year-olds point guard leave for nothing, especially if you don't have anyone coming up the ranks. Like, the idea of letting Serge Ibaka and Marcus go was the Raptors really believed in this, like, Vision 6-9 thing. Okay, well, when it doesn't work out, go and get a center, which a lot of people, a lot of, like, you know, GMs and, and executives in the league believe that, like, that's the most replaceable position. You just need anyone to get it. You don't need a Marcus level player, um, which I think we saw it was kind of true because when Christian Coloco was there, the, again, the numbers look better. You just need a big guy in there. Your tallest guy can't be 6'8 or 6'9". Um, and so I wasn't mad about that. It was it was letting Fred go that made made it so that this team really could not work unless you got a point guard in time, and Dennis Schroeder just wasn't him. What about Malachi Flynn? Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that was, that was who was coming through the ranks. Hey, Malachi Flynn, <laughs> ready to take like, over. Uh, for as much as like people dislike Nick Nurse, uh, Nick Nurse has not been wrong about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Nurse was, was was he might have been an asshole, but he was right about everything he felt. And one of those was you're not playing Malachi Flynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, you shouldn't play Malachi Flynn. Turns out he's a very smart man, huh? He's an asshole, yeah. but uh, he knows what he's talking about. A pretty big asshole, because apparently, after Adrian Griffin was let go from Milwaukee, it came out that they were considering Nick Nurse, and Giannis said no. Yeah, he, that's, yeah. that's, he's going to regret that. Have fun with uh, Doc Rivers, man. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like Nick Nurse, uh, the, to me, it was not a surprise that um, when Nick Nurse had his comments about, oh, you know, I've been here for 10 years, blah, 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 all that stuff, on looking back at his career with the Raptors, was in Philadelphia. Like that was not Ooh. in my, that was not a coincidence. He has a longtime relationship with Daryl Morey. Uh, Right. You know, that that wasn't a coincidence, in my opinion. I don't think even if Giannis wanted Nick Nurse, I think Nick Nurse and, and Daryl Morey and maybe Joel Embiid had this like wink, wink, nudge, nudge of what was actually going to be happening. That's pretty good. I hadn't thought of that before. That's really good. I like that. Four things and me. OK, we've got to get your thoughts on the big trades this season. Obviously, OG Ananobi to the Knicks and Siakam to the Pacers, and then want to talk about how all of a sudden OG Ananobi is apparently in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. But how, how did it go? How did you take the trades? Where were you when it happened? How are you feeling now? Is everything okay? No. Um, <laughs> you're, got, you're goddamn right it's not. Uh, OG's was, was... Okay, so with OG, it was really funny because I started to get texts and tweets asking me how I felt about the trade. No mention of who was traded or what the trade was. Um, and then I went to go pick up my niece um, and my brother was my brother-in-law was like, what do you think about the trade? And I'm like, what trade? Can someone please tell me who was traded and what happened? And he told me OG was traded to the Knicks, but I didn't have all of the details. And it was really funny because the night before I was talking to my friends and I literally was like, okay, OG's probably going to go to the Knicks somehow, some way because of Whoa. the CAA connection. It was, it not, I'm not like a psychic. Um, it, it's, it's like, it was just, he's a CAA player and they need a defensive stopper. And he's, he's, he's with CAA. Like, where else is he going to go? They're going to yeah. try to get him any way they can. Uh, like his agent, for those who don't know, his agent is the son of Leon Rose. So well, It's wild. It was, it is bananas, yeah. but that's it even was, legal, but whatever. Uh, honestly. So, like, it, it's not a surprise that clutch guys go to Los Angeles and CAA guys go to New York. Like, that is yeah. not so at all uh, a coincidence um, that stuff like that happens. But, um, yeah, so I was like, okay, so he is going to go to New York, possibly. 
obviously theoretical because I didn't know that the Raptors and the Knicks would do a trade because there's a lawsuit going on for more than $10 million. So, um, but I was like, okay, honestly, if that happens, all I want is Emmanuel quickly in the deal. 50% because we kind of have the same name. Um, and then the other 50% is because I really like him as a player. I just was talked at length about like what it's like to have a point guard who can uh, who can be a pull-up shooter and you can run pick and roll with him in, in uh, Jakob Hurdle. Like what that sort of does of having a point guard like that. And that's what Emmanuel quickly is. And he's someone who was riding the bench for the Knicks. He wasn't getting a lot of playing time. And a lot of your starter point guards are starting and they are untouchable to a lot of teams because you need a point guard to win basketball, which is something the Raptors didn't realize coming into this year. Um, and so I, I was like, it's got to, Emmanuel quickly has got to come back. Like I don't, like, RJ Barrett's probably like, I didn't know if he was going to be included in the deal and I didn't really care about that, which I'm regretting now because RJ Barrett, you are my life. Um, <laughs> but at the time I'm like, Emmanuel quickly has to come. It's probably going to be like an Evan Fournier type of thing. I was trying to think about how the salaries would work. Um, but luckily, Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett came. So I didn't I didn't know if it was going to be that exactly, but I really did want Emmanuel Quickly. So I'm happy that that happened. And I'm fine with it. Like, I, I love that OG is getting love from Knicks fans. I guess we'll talk about the DPOI stuff in a bit because, like, it's annoying that we've been yelling this for forever and people are like, yo, you know who's a good defender? This guy named OG Ananobi. Have you heard about him? Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so I was, I was fine with the OG move because – to me, OG was never going to stay a Raptor. <laughs> like he was going to be a free agent. He can never. He can't sign an extension because he would just make more in the summer than he ever would if he signed an extension because of weird CBA rules. And so, um, you would never have that sort of solid commitment from him. And it felt like he wanted to. He wanted more. So I was like, okay, it's not going to be on the Raptors. And um, and then Pascal, Pascal hurt me because I, I started to believe in the team again. I like foolishly, even though I knew Pascal was probably on his way out, watching Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett and Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam and Jakob Pertl, I'm like, hold on, there's something here. Like, yeah. we might have done something with this. Let's keep Pascal. And I tried to convince myself, despite knowing it was never going to happen, uh, that Pascal could possibly very well stay. And it didn't happen. And now he's on the Pacers. And I watch the Pacers and I'm like, they're not that good. <laughs> like, the Raptors could have recreated. Like, yeah, they have Tyrese Halliburton who's been hurt. And so he's been out for a while. But I'm like, the rest of these guys, like, yeah, he could have found the same thing with an RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly. Scotty Barnes is better than these guys. Like, the Raptors are not too far off um, from whatever they've got going on. The Pacers need to make some moves. They they need to better themselves. That Pascal was not enough. They're not that good. But, um, yeah, so it kind of bums me out because it's not like he went to a team that's like an instant contender and things are rolling. He went to a team that's, like, not head and shoulders better than anything the Raptors could have created if they like really tried to build around the core that they have. And saying that is probably going to upset some people, but I truly do believe. I think everything with the Siakam thing, just the entire process from even going back to like a year ago when they just kind of like cut them off from communication yeah, with so the front weird. office. And then, and then like all the selfish talk that I was just so, it was just like it, the whole time just felt like it's like, this doesn't need to happen. Like why, what's happening right now? Like, why are we, almost self-sabotaging the og trade was like fine because the return was was extremely good yeah uh considering that he was on an expiring and it's you know december when it happened but then um yeah this the siakam one stung i don't know it still hurts it i can't i can't i can't stand to see him in that jersey it, it hurts my it's heart ugly. man 
It's so ugly. I hate it. I'm blaming Ed Rogers for all of this. Me too, Iman. That's what I say. There we go. Same page. Yeah. It's, it's his fault. Someone has to take yeah. this blame, goddammit. It can't be Masai. It has to be Ed Rogers. It's gotta be Ed Rogers. This is like how I blame John Salmons for all of the <laughs> I'm I'm blaming Ed Rogers for anything bad that happens to the Raptors. Yeah, even when Masai just sort of casually said, you know, Toronto's going to win either with or without me in that press conference, I was like, don't don't say that. Don't. Oh, that makes me think that he's not back after this contract is up. And again, I'm blaming Ed Rogers. Mm-hmm. We know or, he wants Masai out. Okay. Well, speaking to, you know, the success of OG right now and he's getting this this love. I mean, how, I I don't know. I feel like we're preaching to the choir, but like it's kind of insane that this just continues to happen where it's like this, this franchise doesn't exist until our players are on other teams. Yeah. It's happening with precious Achua for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> they can have that. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Do you have a theory, Iman, as to why we're just so alienated from the rest of the league? Yeah. So Americans are xenophobic. Uh, that is my well, going yeah. theory. Um, but no, it's, it's interesting though, because like, I, and I think this is what, in part like made me such a Raptor fan as a kid was like as as like Canadians we feel that inferiority complex right like that that is ingrained in like what we the north is that that whole we the north slogan is like Canada hates us because we're not hockey and America hates us because we're Canada and you know it's okay because we got each other that's like what we the north was sort of you know created from and so, like, I think Raptor fans have this sort of ingrained in us, and this is what I, how I explain it to Americans. And, like, Vince Carter broke that. He was just so good yeah. and so exciting that, like, you had to be a Vince Carter fan. Like, Kevin Durant's, like, I grew up a Raptor fan. Not because he cared about Canada, but because, like, you had to grow up a Vince Carter fan. And so um, I think that, like, yes, American xenophobia is, like, the large part of it, but also the Raptors, be, like, extending from that sort of xenophobia about, like, being Canada's team, the Raptors haven't had, like, an exciting, fun guy like that. Like, they, and especially, like, an American one. Like, oh, gee, yeah, I guess he's American, but he's, like, British. Um, really. Like, he, he's a Brit. Um, and then, like, Pascal is obviously from Cameroon. So, like, they, they have, like, the Raptors have not had that until Scotty Barnes. And, like, Damar and Kyle, for as much as we love them, are not, like, they're not like the the sort of showstopper superstar that you have. And so the Raptors just have not had that guy. And I think like even other fan bases, like even in America, it's really hard to sell just like a good team. Like, you know, the Great and Grind Grizzlies, they were a good team. But like Zebo and Marcus Sol are not superstars that are like lighting anyone up. But like, you know, Blake Griffin, who played on the Clippers, who were not a better team than the, you know, Grizzlies at the time, he was a star. He was, like, winning dunk contests and leading, like, fan voting and MVP stuff and, all, and getting all these awards for being as good as he was. He was really good. But I think that, like, being exciting also sells it, which is what the Raptors have, I think, now in uh, a guy like Scotty Barnes. He is the sort of charismatic superstar-level, like, personality that you need, and he has such exciting gameplay that you were talking about earlier. So, like they kind of have someone like that. And, and so I imagine hopefully things will change. I'm probably just lying to myself as they say all of this, but like in truth, like, I don't know, Americans hate Canada. They're not, they're not very smart. If they can't see it in one of their 50 States, it's not a real place. It doesn't exist. It is very true. Yeah. And I don't know how, I mean, the one thing I will say in, in like all sincerity is Drake really did help knock down some of those walls in terms of making Toronto cool. Like that's a, a legitimate thing but um 
But yeah, yeah, for the most part, they don't. One of the one of the things when we asked Tim Donahue questions, because like one thing is, yes, you have a, a, a disgraced referee who bet on games. You ask questions about that, of course. But like also, you're never going to get a referee to talk to because what the NBA does very smartly is even after referees retire, they keep them on the payroll. Like they have them doing other things, which is why you have like Steve Javi working for ESPN and things like that. Is So like you never get referees having these uh, interviews outside of like their jobs because it might not be great for the NBA. And yeah. so having a referee on, I just had to ask because like, we're not, we're not insecure Raptor fans. If we don't ask, I was like, do rap, do refs hate Canada? I mean, that's one of the questions <laughs> I have for you. And he compared like, you know, obviously he joked and laughed the question off, but he did compare like, uh, yeah, like it's a lot going to Toronto. It's like going to Detroit or Milwaukee. Like no one enjoys it. And I was like, did you just compare yeah, Toronto to Detroit and Milwaukee? Jeez. <laughs> like, yeah. Good lord. Like, what? Um, so, yeah, so they, uh, and I, I like joked that, yeah, referees need a drink because clearly it shifted the, the feelings amongst players and younger people. But, like, that sort of idea of Canada still exists, I think, with a lot of older media heads and uh, with some of the referees as well. Yeah, I always, I always laughed when Stephen A was snapping during the finals, and he's like, "You gotta go through customs." I was like, "Dude, oh no, what are what are you doing in customs yeah. that it's taking more than like three minutes?" God, like, especially, I pray <laughs> to God. I take off all my jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I pray you're flying, if not pirate or private, sorry, maybe pirate. <laughs> if you're not flying private, you're, um, you know, business class. So you're jumping the line regardless, and then. You show your passport, dude. Like, what? So, yeah, th those things where it's just like, and you know, the weather, like, yeah, Toronto weather is shit in the winter, but it's shit in Chicago and Milwaukee and Detroit and New York's yeah. not that great either, you know? So, anyway, we're never going to escape it, I don't think. But, uh, yeah. No, Thankfully, Drake helped out a little it bit. Is, it is. It, you, you're, you're absolutely right about, like, uh, just, just how good of a guy we need on this team. To, to yeah. just, just to get more coverage. That's a lot of pressure on Jordan Noir's shoulders. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think he's up for it. He's <laughs> bored for this. Okay, so do you, do you guys think then, is OG going to... Uh, I mean, I think he's probably a lock for like first first team uh, All-NBA defense, yeah? Yeah. I think, I think so. Oh, yeah. I think so. And then... Does he get considered? Only because Rudy Gobert, apparently, every podcast article i read about him is he is just like playing the best defense of his career never mind the best defense in the league right now yeah i i think it's going to be really difficult to beat rudy gobert out of this okay you know what that cynically makes me happy so um <laughs> would it hurt more if og won dpoi yeah, yeah. hell yeah, hell yeah. that would yeah. bother me a lot yeah. <laughs> absolutely i'm very immature i'd fucking would not would that not bother you happy for him because i'm like the raptors aren't a good defense right now haven't been because well they haven't had a center honestly i'm i'm back mad about the raptors build for forever like if anything happens with og and siakam or fred on their new teams i'm just gonna be like see raptors this is why you needed to just pull the plug on this vision six nine thing a little bit earlier and get a center and just make things normal so i'm just going to blame again mr rogers for anything that happens good for any of these other players off of this team 
That's pretty good, actually. I feel like anything that goes wrong is we just slap it on Ed Rogers and and yeah. leave it at that. Unless Sportsnet hires me, then you know what? Love Ed Rogers. <laughs> Always have loved him. Great guy. Thing five. Thing five. Thing five. Let's go around the league. Wait, wait. wait. We go around the league. Joel Embiid. Great season until he arrives in Denver. What did you guys <laughs> think of him dodging the Joker yet again? Last minute, like dodging him in like the shadiest way possible this time. Like he wasn't on the uh, injured reserve. He was on the lineup and it wasn't until after the warmups that he that he ducked out. I mean, I, I can I can believe it. They said he wasn't jumping. Well, I, I don't know. I don't think he's scared of the scared of those in season matchups. To be honest, I really I really don't think that. I think they both have mad respect for each other. Joker talks about him all the time, uh, and B talks about Joker all the time. And I, I just I I, I honestly uh, I don't want to believe that he's ducking him in the season. Um, he also I think he can only miss like five more games. Something like that, and then he's not. Um, and then he's not eligible. Yeah, to win. So we'll, we'll see. He's questionable again today. So, so maybe he is really. You know, listen, man. They need that guy for the playoffs. I, I, they do need him for the playoffs. I'm going to take the opposite approach because I fully believe that he is ducking. <laughs> I like. How can you have a five year run of not playing him in Denver? Yeah. Maybe like one time, okay. But like two times, sure, that kind of sucks because we want to see this. Three times, okay, this is starting to see, be a trend. And we're at five times now. He has not played him since the Raptors were reigning champs. Like, think about yeah. how bad this stretch has been. Think about the last five miserable or four miserable years of like just non bad. Like, he has not played him in so many times in denver and i get it altitude is tough joel Embiid. i get it it might take you out but like there's got to be something there and he's questionable tonight so like questionable like on the list of things means most likely like there's questionable doubtful out so like he was he couldn't have played last game if he played oh, whoever they played houston or some random team if he was in that game then it would have been like okay he was definitely ducking denver so he was like i gotta miss another game um and if he plays tonight i'm just saying i'm just saying joel Embiid. <laughs> Uh, five years is a long time, and I don't believe you. I, you need more people. You are ducking Nikola Jokic in Denver. I'm down with this. He's such a like half of me loves Joel Embiid, love obviously because he's amazing at basketball. But he used to not so much anymore. But he used to be so fun, like on Twitter and stuff. And he's yeah. just like this big, goofy, amazing basketball player. And now I, I just sound like a, an old grumpy man. But like with like the flopping, and then like this like. I'm right there with you. Totally seems like ducking and just like, you know, him even basically whining that he want, hadn't won the MVP last year. And it's just like, I don't know, man. You kind of like he's so good at basketball. Like just play basketball. Like you he's don't need to so flop. Good. He's, he's amazing. He's a good basketball player. He's and amazing. then he like, what are you doing? Doing like rip throughs when Fred Van Vliet's guarding you. You're literally a foot taller than him. <laughs> exactly. You have so much more size than he has. You do not need to be playing for a foul. He also like Nick Nurse made them train in altitude this year. And I was yeah, like, all right. right, Nick Nurse is calling it. He does not want Joel Embiid to duck Nikola Jokic this year. We're finally getting it. Because, like, that's the whole idea. It's like his conditioning and his training is not good enough to be playing in altitude. He doesn't want to have a bad game there. Like, that's part of the theory, I guess. And so I'm like, he's training in altitude. It's going to happen this year. It's going to happen. And he'd been playing so well. He scored, like, 70 points in a basketball game. Everything was rolling for him. 
And then it's like, uh, actually, no, 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 thank you. If I can't drop 40 on Nikola Jokic, I don't want to play. And I can only drop 40 when um, I'm on flat earth and not uh, mountain <laughs> earth. So not going to happen. He's, uh, he's ducking the lack of oxygen. Okay. He's not ducking <laughs> players. He's ducking environments. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Like he's not going to be there unless they're in the finals. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, what? Yeah. I don't know. If he sees him, it's going to be for the finals. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the only time he'll play in Denver. Yeah. Imagine he doesn't, though. He's like, look, guys. <laughs> he only plays home games. I'm saving it for the Olympics. Yeah, right? this means a lot. Suddenly my knee hurts. I'm so sorry. Game one and two, <laughs> my knee is just, it's messing up. And then speaking of that, though, he got 70 points. It seems like everyone's getting 70 points these days. Are you guys a fan of the big explosion of offense this year or do you think that the um league needs to sort of step in and maybe allow fouls to be called moving forward oh give me offense yeah i'm a I'm, hey man give me this video game shit every day no. of the week i absolutely so love fun. it and now that I don't have an OG Ananobi on our team, like I'm, I care. Like when when the Raptors were trying to win and were a really good defensive team for a long time, I was like, okay, you gotta let these guys play. You can't like he can't be fouling out, which is something that like I've watched Pascal and OG both do on their new teams already, like in their first two or three games there. So that was very frustrating. But now that you don't have that, it's like yeah, go go for it, uh, unless Scotty gets in foul trouble. Um, but no, also, like, very selfishly, I need 81 to be written off the record books. Like, I don't want that to be the, the only high-scoring game we have video of because, sorry, Will, we've never seen you do it. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I'm selfishly just, like, so mad. When, when I saw Luca had, like, 68 points or whatever it was with, like, five minutes to go in the fourth, I'm like, you got to do it, buddy. You're almost there. Yeah. Um, and then they just kept, like, trying to force the ball out of his hands. And so... Uh, he didn't get to his 81. He only got to his 73. But I'm, it's happening. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for the Raptors to not be the laughing stock of the league and it be another team. That's what I'm waiting for. And then defense can come back. But just wait for that moment to happen. Oh, that's a good idea. And then you can change your rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Let's get that done first. I like that. Yeah. yeah Luca had 65 in three quarters. Yeah, pizza. Yeah, like it was insane. Pretty goddamn 65 good. in three quarters. It's yeah. insane. How do you feel about these... Uh, playoffs coming up like do you think denver is repeating do you believe in phoenix at all um is golden state like completely done i'm just gonna start keep throwing questions at you and not give you a chance to answer but (laughs) your your overall um view of the nba right now what stands out to you and and what do you what do you like what do you not like um golden state's completely done let's start there it's over yeah i have zero faith in yeah that team is that team is done like when you saw what the raptors did to them that should have been like the nail in the coffin you cannot let this raptors team do that to you uh draymond green or not um i I think i'm like trying to look at the standings right now denver's still my best bet to repeat just because nikola Jokic very clearly doesn't take like joel and and nikola Jokic are very different players um and not one of them very much takes the regular season seriously. And the other one is, has doesn't seem to right now. Like he's just like, ah, cruising through the regular season. Once the playoffs turn up, uh, then I'll, I'll turn it on. Whereas Joel Embiid, my favorite quote from him is like, I'm going to take it seriously when it comes in April. Like April games are what I take seriously. And I'm like, yeah, first round and second round, buddy. Good stuff. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, um, like, let's not set the expectations too high. But actually, like, I very much believe in this Philadelphia 76ers team as much crap as I'm talking Whoa. about them I really believe in them and I very stupidly really believed in them last year too um 
last year and this year, I believe in them. And last year it was like James Harden is like Joel Embiid's never played with a point guard like James Harden. Like th- this this duo makes sense to me. They have a bench for the first time in forever. Like this works. And what I didn't take into consideration was Doc Rivers. I did not put that into my calculations enough. And so that didn't work out for them. Um, but like, I really thought that they would beat Boston. I was so sure that they would beat Boston because I did not believe in Boston at all last year. I was very out on them for very long. I'm not like I'm more in on them this year, but like, I don't like them. So I'm never going to say it. Um, but nice. um, I was so sure that they would win. And then of course, James Harden and Joel and B just have a collapse of their lives in <laughs> double elimination games in both game six and game seven and so it, it ends but um i i believe in philly this year i don't know if i'm picking them to come out the east just yet but like it's between them and boston because i don't really believe in milwaukee right now um they haven't really been able to figure anything out and then in the west um it's it's denver and i hate to say the clippers but like it's denver and the clippers in my opinion do you think philadelphia needs to add anything before the deadline um yeah more guys that are reliable basketball players like i would love for them to have a a better bench but like is nick nurse even gonna play them um honestly like watching this team roll out with like um with joel Embiid out and watching like patrick beverly just do his patrick beverly thing is kind of annoying and like tobias harris just becomes invisible and i'm like oh that's really annoying for you to be paying a guy as much as you're paying him and for me not to even notice him on the basketball court Mm -hmm. so um honestly like if joel Embiid is just continuing to play at the pace that he is and the the type of player that he's been and tyrese maxi is another star for them i think they could do really well i also don't think the east is all that deep like i don't know that there are a lot of really scary teams in the eastern conference and i would probably pick nick nurse to outcoach any coach right now except for expulstra and the heat suck and i hope that they continue to suck because how dare you trade kyle lowry away for terry rozier um so yeah so like i'm i'm kind of in on what philly's doing but it's like it's going to be Philly or Boston. I just realized that because I don't believe in the Bucks, and that makes me really, really sad because I'd rather Damon Giannis be there than me have to watch uh, Nick Nurse <laughs> compete for another championship or watch the Boston Celtics do what the Boston Celtics um, have been doing, which is just sort of dominating the East. What about um, Nick brought this up last week, and it's been a nightmare for me ever since. If, if and when Kyle Lowry gets bought up and he goes to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. what, what do you – Oh, then I'm, I have to be all in on Philadelphia, which is going to really haunt me. But, like, I'm like, he's he's going to have to be a, a sixer, right? Like, that kind yeah. of feels like the writing is on the wall for that. Um, or the Knicks. I've been saying, like, it could oh, very God, well. The like, Knicks, the Knicks please. could be a thing as well. I'm more than um, fine with that. It can't be the Clippers, even though I was really hoping it would be, just because of, again, stupid, like, second eight and caps stuff. But, like apparently the lakers want him basically whatever team kyle goes to they're going to have my pick of making the finals i i did it when he was eight and it worked so i'm just gonna keep i'm just gonna keep riding with it him on the sixers i think would be too much for me like i don't it's gonna happen baby it's, it's just a lot they they do need that yeah. because uh, watching the patrick beverly experience has not been fun for me um so if they can get him that'd be good that but the philadelphia is the team like nick's the same way i think he hates boston more than 100 I yeah. hate Boston more than Philly yeah. too. Philadelphia is my number one though. Just I don't know what it is. Always has been, and then it's bad enough. Nick Nurse is there. If Kyle Lowry's there, I'm gonna puke. I don't know. Like I don't. 
Hey, man, get, get, that, get that bucket ready because that shit is happening, brother. Yeah, yeah it really is. It, it really is. And it's going to be painful, but like if he can get Boston out the paint, I'm going to I'm gonna celebrate Philadelphia's yeah, win. Me too. Finally, just around the league, do you have any favorites or predictions for MVP right now? Um, it, Joel Embiid, honestly, unless he, um, doesn't qualify. You know what? I'm just going to, cause it's 11, 11. And so let's just make a wish. I'm going to manifest this. Shea Gildress Alexander. I don't care how real or, or untrue this might be. Um, Shea Gildress Alexander. He's my MVP. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's very real. He's, I don't know if you know this. He's, he's from Hamilton. Know. No, that's, <laughs> I did not know that. Shay Gilgis Alexander from Hamilton, Canada. Yeah. Tell me yeah, more. Yeah. It's a beautiful city. I don't know if you've ever traveled uh, west, but very My dad inviting. lived in Hamilton for a long time. I'm very Oh, familiar. what a legend. All right. Very good. Good for him. He sounds like a great man. That's all, that's all, that's all I needed to know. But the thing is, though, and because that was actually Nick and I preseason picked him, uh, just, you know, what the fuck do we know? But. I think it's kind of legit. Like I love OKC, it. OKC is amazing. Like they they're are. way ahead of schedule, and he's putting up thirty points a night. For uh, I know he's had a couple like rough games lately, but like I don't know why. How is that not realistic? You know, I think it is. I think it is. I think that like he could very well. I, I think he'll definitely finish in the top five. Um, will he be the one to win it? I'm going to hope so. Even if it's off technicalities, even if it's just because everybody missed time, I don't care. Shea Gilders Alexander, he's my MVP. Yeah, let's do it. If someone from Hamilton wins the NBA MVP, you I you will never hear the end of it from me for the rest <laughs> of my life. Like it's as much it's as much a win for me as it is for him. Yeah, this is know? this is gonna change this uh, podcast quite a bit. It's a Hamilton podcast. <laughs> <laughs> as it should be. As it should be. Thank you. Thank you. Your dad can come on anytime. He's welcome whenever he'd like to come on nick and barry talking raptors on comedy records this episode of talking raptors is brought to you by 3m command brand picture hanging kit these items include four pairs of large picture hanging strips eight pairs of small picture hanging strips 16 poster strips three sawtooth picture hangers two wire back picture hangers and more for all your needs check out 3mcommandbrand.com for promo code 3mcommandbrand.com backslash talking raptors backslash stick it on the wall. That's not bad. That's something everyone can use. I think I so. That's I mean, that's what we try to do here. Get brands that align with uh, our fans' needs, Barry. Mm-hmm. We're a full service podcast, for sure. Nick and Barry talking raptors on comedy records. Thing six, many tricks. All right. Yaman. Mm-hmm. We haven't done this in Years, yeah, actually, no, but an extra thing. literally has been years. We uh, we honestly forgot to do it the last time we had a guest on, which is hilarious. Yeah, very much on brand for what we do. <laughs> but uh, okay, so we're gonna do a top six, and we just want to get your thoughts on these top sixes. Okay. First things first, your all-time favorite Raptor coach. My all-time favorite Raptor coach. <sighs> is it boring to say Nick Nurse? He won a championship. Yeah, he's the best. He was. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, an asshole, but won a championship. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, we didn't even ask you this. What are your thoughts on Darko? Nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. You're goddamn right. He's a nice guy, and that's <laughs> nice. the end of the list. He's a nice man. 
Yeah. It's the same as Dwayne Casey. Incredible human being. Great guy. Doesn't have an out-of-time-out play to save his life. But <laughs> you know what? You'll get an orange slice while you're sitting in the huddle. It's going to rub your shoulders. <laughs> Do you think they win a championship uh, with, with Darko at the helm? At the helm? Yeah. Oh. We're good. Do you think we're, we're good. free dinner? Do you think? Let's start with that. Why don't <laughs> yeah, we do a championship? Yeah. Those are baby steps. Baby steps. Free dinner first and then. Um, honestly, a free dinner might be out of the cards. Like, where are they going to pull three straight wins? How, how bananas that he even brought that up? Like, what were, you, what were you thinking when he said that, when that came out? I snapped. I was just like, fire this man. Like, who the fuck? <laughs> What professional sports coach promises dinner for wins? What are we doing here? A one who gives a participation trophy after wins. <laughs> <laughs> Puts it on a guy's neck, different dude every day. Let's go. Yes. You know what? We're good. You, Anytime you want to come on, I'm on and talk about it. Um, <laughs> come on, trash Darko. Shoot, shoot me a text. And he's, even if you want to just text back and forth about <laughs> shitting on Darko, I've got time. I've got more than enough time. Okay. So Nick Nurse, good. Co- I, I think that, that that makes sense for sure. Favorite all-time NBA Raptor. Uh, NBA, or sorry, Raptors player. Kyle favorite Lowry. all-time player. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Of course. Yeah. Why not? Second favorite, I guess. Um, Kyle Lowry. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> second favorite. Oh, because Kyle's just been my favorite forever, I've never even had to question uh, a second favorite. Um, um, I'm Kyle Lowry. Okay. Number three. Number three jersey, Kyle Lowry. Can I say that? Oh, number yeah. seven is my favorite. And then, like, number three, my second favorite. Well played. Speaking <laughs> of jerseys, what is your all-time favorite Raptor jersey? Ooh. Um, it's it's gonna it's the like it's it's the it's the old one with the little cartoon dinosaur on it. See, we've had this conversation many times. And I know. Because... I know that, like, Nick is on my side, and Barry, you yeah. are not. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I go second imagine... the Army jerseys. That's that's one and two for me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but if you, if you guys were in my position, because when they, when they came out, the Raptors came in 95. I was in high school, right? And I was a massive basketball fan. And, like, back then, you there was no basketball coverage in Canada at all, period. Like, they, at the end of, like, uh, TSN Sports Center, they would like scroll the scores and be like, here's what happened in the NBA. And that was it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, we have an NBA franchise. This is fucking unbelievable. And then they unveil that the team is named after a goddamn summer blockbuster. Incredible movie, Barry. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? What is happening? Like, how did you screw this up? And then it's fine. Yeah, this, this, it's but it worked though. Look at your. It did. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. You guys, it got both of your attention. You were that generation. Lifelong fans. It worked. Life, lifelong fans. I would also be very annoyed. It's not even an alliteration. Like it would be one thing if you were naming it, yourself yes. after Jurassic Park and it was like the T. Something that's an alliteration. But Raptors. It's random. It's weird. But um, they're my favorite, and I love me a little dinosaur on a jersey. Mm-hmm. I like after a movie. Yeah, it's very, it's very odd. Insane. Like, pick Mean Girls if you're going to pick <laughs> Insane. <laughs> great Do one, it the right one. way. Insane. Okay. Uh, all-time favorite Raptors announcer? Chuck Swirsky. Yeah. He's the GOAT. The GOAT. Totally agree with that. He's still, uh, I'm sure you follow him on Twitter as well. Every no, he blocked me. What? Yeah. Why? What happened? What's that story? Um, 
honestly, like, I wish I had done something. Because I've been blocked by, like, you know, Vince Carter, DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> sure. D- deserved. What? I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, Chuck Swirsky blocked me. Not because of anything I said. But, you like, someone was talking crap about Chuck Swirsky and decided to at me in the tweet. And I'm like, I love my get the salami and cheese out bottle of this ball game. Like, I love Chuck Swirsky. Onions, baby, onions. And um, But because the person added me into the tweet, and it was like a very disrespectful tweet, Chuck Swirsky blocked both of us. Oh and I hadn't God. seen it until I came back. And I was like, what was it me? I had nothing to do. I don't know who this person is. Oh, my goodness. Well, he's... Um, but yeah, so so I got blocked um, just because someone decided to at me in their Chuck Swirsky uh, beef. Brutal. Caught in the crossfire. Yeah. That's horrible. I think he turned 70 today, I'm pretty sure. Oh, happy birthday, Chucky. Yeah. We'll, we'll let him know for you, Iman. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's wild. Why did DeMar, who else has blocked you? DeMar DeRozenbrock blocked you? Oh, oh actually, so I, get, I remember you were. How much time do you have, Barry? Yeah, um, yeah, you were a bit of a DeMar. I wasn't um, a giant Demar fan, so Demar right. blocked me a, a decade ago. Um, Demar, <laughs> Demar blocked me after he got his first contract. So here's the thing: I blame John Hollinger, and um, uh, because I used to read a lot of him before he started working for Memphis. Um, but like this would have been like I don't know, 2010 maybe. Um, I read a lot of him, and it formed a lot of my. So I was just. I, I grew into more of a DeMar fan, even though, yeah, not the biggest DeMar DeRozan fan. But at the time, I'm like, and this is early DeMar. This is before DeMar transitioned into the player he is today. I was like, he's a shooting guard that the Raptors are, like, pinning as, like, the face of their franchise because, you know, Chris Bosh is gone. And he can't shoot and he can't dribble and he can't defend. How are you a shooting guard and you can't do the three key things that you're being asked to do right now? Um, so I wasn't the biggest DeMar fan. And when he got his next contract that Brian Colangelo gave him, I'm like, According to everything I've read, Brian Colangelo, you have outpaid um, yourself because no one else was going to outbid you and you didn't need to give him a, an extension this big. Uh, DeMar didn't like, love that. <laughs> um, but like, I make it a point to never go directly and at somebody in my slander. So DeMar found my tweet where I was Ooh. like, Brian Colangelo, you're outbidding yourself for DeMar DeRozan's talents. Uh, or something along those lines. Again, it was 2010. Might have said it in different words. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, I got blocked. And then Vince, I, I, I definitely added him. I think I was, like, angry at a game. Um, and, and I was like, at Vince, because, you know, I would get my sister to take me to, like, Vince Carter games when he played for the Nets and just so I could boo Vince Carter um, yeah, because it. it was the worst breakup of my entire life. And it took me, like, maybe 20 years to get over it. I'm over it now. But it took a long time, Vincent. Well, you're a bigger person than me because I'm still harboring <laughs> some harboring resentment. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. How, who do you think, um, if we're going Jersey retirement, or mm-hmm. yeah, like hanging it in the Raptors? What, what? Obviously, Kyle Lowry's first, but then how does it follow after that for Jersey retirements? So I, I take like a completely different approach to other people, where I'm like, who cares? Because I've never been to an arena and looked up in the Raptors and been like, yo, Tim Hortons, he went up first, and then this other hockey player whose name I don't know because he didn't start a coffee chain went up next. Like I've never done that. <laughs> They're just up there. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, just put them all up. Like, who cares? Like, if it's Vince or if it's Kyle or if it's, like, who Chris Bosh – I don't know if Chris Bosh's jersey ever gets up there. I wouldn't put it up there. But, not. like, if someone wants – I, I personally would not. Um, but, like, I don't know. I don't I don't actually care whose jersey went up first. To me, it's just, like, 
I do believe that Vince Carter's jersey should be up there because, like, the Raptors were not very far away from being the Vancouver Grizzlies turned Memphis Grizzlies if they didn't have, like, that foundational superstar that could attract seats in butts and, like, make Canada fall in love with basketball. So I give him credit for that. And also, I remember listening to a Sportsnet, uh, like, radio – I think it was Tim and Sid – and – they had Sam Mitchell on and Sam Mitchell was like, yeah, no, Vince talked to me the day before and was like, sorry for everything. Like, I don't want to be traded. Like I want to stay here. And then I went and I told Rob Babcock that and Rob Babcock was like, ah, too late. We have a verbal agreement. And so the deal was done. And I'm like, a verbal agreement. What is that? That doesn't mean anything. And so I listened to that pod. This is again, probably like a decade ago. And I was like, so Vince wanted to stay and Rob Babcock knew, but they still traded him. Vince, I apologize for everything. And, like, that was the moment where I was like, okay, you know what? I'm mad at the Raptors entirely and not Vince Carter for what happened because he asked to stay. Um, But, yeah, no, I I hated him for a very long time. Favorite? Yeah, yeah. We're good to go. Um, Favorite Raptors season outside of the championship season? So it sucks because it was, like, cut short by COVID. Um, But it was definitely the year after because you're you're the reigning champs and it was so fun and the team was so good. And so that to me was my favorite. Um, But if I had to pick one that like because that one ended so horribly and this other one also ended horribly. But I really enjoyed the year before the championship, too. Until the playoffs when LeBron James did what he did and DeMar DeRozan did what he did, and I hated it. But um, the regular season was really fun. And last one, going to switch this up last second, but who is on your Toronto Raptors Mount Rushmore? Ooh. Okay. Kyle. Uh Uh-huh. Pascal. Love it. And then Vince. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> sorry um, and then like it's it's hard because it's like obviously like Kawhi's done so much for this team but like you're here for a year and we'll give you a statue in front of the Mount Rushmore um, <laughs> it's gonna be DeMar DeRozan DeRozan yeah okay I think see DeMar you can unblock me I'm, I'm nice I feel like that's kind of the only right answer if you're just doing players but I would swap out Vince for Masai Ujiri Oh, valid. Which is kind of a technicality. Well, Vince. Ooh, not DeMar. No, no. DeMar is like our leading everything. Points. You know what I mean? Fair. Yeah. The fair, hate for fair. Vince uh, runs deep in that Hamilton one there. I can't. We're not going to shake You know, a lot of, they say be the bigger person. I'm not the bigger person. And it's <laughs> it's never happening. So here we are. All right. Yvonne, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Uh, thank you for coming on. We've wanted to have you. And I've been big fans of you since... Uh, way back when we found you on Twitter and um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, stopping by and doing the podcast episode 1111, no less. I appreciate it. This is a lot of fun guys. I've enjoyed both. I've enjoyed this podcast for a long time. So this is, this is great. Amazing. And where, um, like, what are you up to? Where can people find you? Which they be looking out for? Yeah. So check out pros and claws it is a sub stack um, where it's me and Usud. We're putting out a ton of different content. I got to get started on some of the stuff that I've been wanting to put out. And I'm hoping that it will fit right in time for Pascal Siakam's Very career. cool. That Valentine's Day, right? That is Valentine's Day. Nick yeah. and I are going as uh, each other's date. So. so sweet. I think so. I'll actually be at the game too. So if you guys oh, are there, yeah. I'll see you guys. Are you really? Okay. Yeah. Let's meet up at, um, at halftime. We'll, we'll uh, say what's up and sh- shed some tears shed some together. Tears. Yeah.